0: Isn't it great to know that even though um, the world's changing all around us, we can stand on the, the unchanging rock, our, the rock of our salvation, and that's what we're going to sing about this morning, standing on the solid rock. Through my disappointment, strife and discontentment, I cast my every care upon the Lord. No matter what obsession, pain, or deep depression, I'm standing on the solid rock. I'm standing on the rock, on the rock of ages, safe from every storm. All the storm that rages, rich in love, I'm rich, not by Satan's wages. I'm standing on the solid rock. Even though he's gone now, I don't feel alone now With comfort came the Spirit of the Lord Now with his hand to guide me, from temptations hide me I'm standing on the solid rock I'm standing on the rock of ages, saved from all the storms, all the storms, all the storms that, that rage. of rich, but not by savings, wages. Standing on the solid rock. And now I'm pressing onward, each step leads me homeward. I'm trusting in my Savior day by day. And close so is our so relation firm is its foundation, foundation So on the solid rock I'll stay and I'm standing, standing on the rock, on the rock, the rock of, of ages safe from, from all the storms all the storm that rages Rich made. in love, I'm rich But not by Satan's, not Satan's wages I'm standing, standing on, on the solid rock I'm standing standing on the rock rock of of Ages, from all the the storms that rage. I'm rich, but not by slave
1: wages.
0: I'm standing on the solid rock. I'm standing on the solid rock.
2: sing in song today as we pray as we listen to your word whatever it may be that happens here this day may it bring all glory and honor to you lord i do ask that you would just pour out your holy anointing upon everyone that's here may we feel your presence in a mighty way and god may your name just be made manifest in our hearts in such a fashion that no one will leave this place without a personal relationship with you god this is this time of prayer this time of song this time of worship. It's all about you and a relationship with you. So God, again, give us the words, give us the songs, give us the whatever is needed to one, grow ourselves, but two, to make sure that we all leave with a true relationship. God, may your will be done in the hearts of your people this day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. It's good seeing everybody. This morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you that are here today. And guys, it, it's going to be a great day in God's house. As they say, we got some special music today as well. Just walk around a second, shake somebody's hand, and, and let them know it's good to see you in God's house today. Sorry, see I right
1: is so mine, so
0: teacher- anyway. no matter if the teardrops start, I've It's Jesus in my heart Happiness is a new creation Jesus in me In close relation Heaven apart In his salvation Happiness is alone Real joy is mine No matter if the teardrops start I've found the secret it's Jesus in my home happiness is to be forgiven living a life that's worth the living taking a trip that leads to heaven happiness is the Lord real joy is mine no matter if the teardrop starts I've found the secret It's Jesus in my heart Happiness is to know the Savior Living a life within His favor Having a change in my behavior Happiness is the Lord Happiness is the Lord Happiness is alone, happiness is
1: alone.
2: I'll give it back to her in a moment. Thank you, guys. I just stole your mother's bulletin. Okay, guys, as we gather back to our seats this morning. Y'all would have failed at musical chairs, obviously. Music stops you sit. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, I didn't single you out, but I just heard his voice all the way up here. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Hallelujah. Just a, I just got a couple announcements this morning. Um, the, one of which to uh, join us for Thursday nights is on there as well. But just a couple announcements. One of which is September 10th. The Hammerfest is coming up. Again, if you have not been able to come and be a part of that, it's a great time. We usually spend half a day, maybe a little bit more than half a day. And there's a lot of, of, of bicyclists that come through here. It is the bicycle? It's a. It's uh, touted in all the bicycle magazines and such. as it brings in a lot of bikers. There's rest areas along the route. We, as the church, is one. It, or one of those rest areas, and a lot of bikers come through here, and it's an opportunity for us to be able to extend our hand out to these folks and let them know that, hey, it's it's okay. Come on into church property and have a good time and, and see that we're not going to bike. And we, we have a good time. It's fun. It's going to be a pirate theme this year, so I encourage you to just come and be a part of that. If you They do require that we fill out a, uh, not permission slip, whatever it's, is that a permission slip? So if you want to feel young again, come fill out the permission slips. Oh, okay. Okay, awesome. But we do have a good time. We, we, sometimes you'll just be holding people's bikes. You may be helping to serve them. Uh, just pointing away to the restrooms and just, just, le- just having a, a time of fellowship out here. So that's September 10th. If you'd like to come, it'd be it'd behoove us to, if you would uh, go ahead and get the forms from Ms. Carla and fill that out and get that underway. So, I'm sorry, sir? Some of those bikes cost more than your car, probably. <laughs> but you can ask. You, you know, there's some of them recumbents and everything that looks pretty neat, pretty neat to ride. Um, however, I heard they're pretty difficult to ride, actually. But anyway, yeah, uh, you can ask. I doubt very many of them will let you, but... Uh, the, uh, but that's September tenth, and um, I don't, I'm not exactly sure the times. I know we usually get here early, but get with Miss Carla, and she'll align you out on that. There was something else I wanted to mention. Oh, well, I'll mention that next week. The following week is our staff meeting. We do have some things we've got coming up, in staff meeting, but that's not till the next week. Okay, um, I believe that's. I think that's all the announcements I have this morning. So, Brother John, Brother John's going to come and bring the scripture reading this morning. Gene Ann, I stole your bulletin if you're wondering where it's at. <laughs> I, yeah, that's right. I appropriated it. I borrowed. I'm bringing it back. Father God, I lift up my brother to you this morning. I thank you for his willingness to, to open your word and share, not just with his Sunday school class, but to come and and open and share with us as a scripture reading today. So God, I just pray to you bless he, him and his family and Thank you for all the work he does around here, Lord, as he came up yesterday to work on computers for me. God, he, he, he just answers your call in so many ways. May you bless him in his willingness now, and may your name be lifted up in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, brother. Good
3: morning. Good morning. I wanted to read, uh, I, I've actually got a few of them, I'm going to try to make it quick. Uh, but uh, Matthew uh, chapter 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, just as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, the sheep, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. For you from the foundation of the world. Let's skip down to verse forty-one. Then he will also say to those on the left, the goats, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. I've had some experience with sheep and goats. You know, being married to Crystal, she's got quite a few goats, (laughs) and uh, also uh, we took care of some uh, some sheep for a friend uh, recently. So. So it's very interesting that that our Lord would use sheep and goats to identify these uh, two different groups. Let's look at goats. Goats will come to anyone who has food. Uh, From my observations, they'll come to anyone who has food. It doesn't matter if you're the shepherd or a thief. If you have food, they will come to you. They will even come to you if you don't have food and beg for food, even though they're full and they don't really need food. Sheep will run from you. If they don't recognize you, they'll allow their shepherd to feed them, but they're much more careful around strangers. They're very skittish and difficult to work with if they don't know you. Let's look at John chapter 10, verse 4. When he has brought his own sheep outside, uh, meaning when Jesus actually takes them out of the, the fenced in area, and he goes ahead of them, the sheep will follow him because they recognize his voice. They will never follow a stranger. This is Jesus' words. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run from him because they don't recognize the voice of strangers. Something else that I observed working with goats and sheep, when a goat escapes, it's difficult to get them back in the pen. You have to bribe them with food. Uh, When a sheep goes astray, you can call it if you're its shepherd, and it'll come back. Uh, You know, if it can hear your voice, it'll come toward you. Um, John uh, chapter 10, verse 24. The Jews surrounded Jesus and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. I did tell you, and you don't believe, Jesus answered them. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you don't believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. That's also important. Jesus knows his sheep. His sheep know him, and he knows them. Uh, something else about goats, they, they try to escape. Um, to keep the goats in, we had to set up an electric fence. Uh, they would climb out of a regular fence. Um, if they have if there's something you don't want them to eat in the field like a pecan tree for example or a rose bush you have to put a fence a good fence around it like an electric fence um, if uh, otherwise the goats will eat it uh, they'll get out and they'll eat your neighbor's rose bush uh, and then you'll hear from your neighbor it's interesting to see how God protected the tree of life in Genesis 3:24. Uh, after after uh, Adam and Eve ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil Sheep need a fence too But it's kind of a different, uh, a different issue The sheep don't necessarily want to escape like a goat does A sheep might wander off But that's not really its goal It might be tempted to wander off though The goal of the goat is to break out of the pen And eat your rose bushes and your pecan trees uh, The sheep need a fence to keep the wolf out Uh, sheep eat grass goats eat weeds uh or your plants that you don't want them to eat and something else i noticed about goats is they want to climb has anyone ever had goats how they like to climb on top of things like your car uh they like to climb hills they like to climb uh uh you know they'll climb a tree you can a goat can actually climb a tree i know it sounds crazy but i've seen them do it uh they want to be on top, and and that's kind of what got Satan in trouble. Uh, look at Isaiah chapter fourteen, starting in verse twelve. Shining morning star, and and I don't uh, if if you don't know who the shining morning star is, that's Lucifer. How you have fallen from the heavens, you destroyer of nations! You've been cut down to the ground. You said to yourself. I will ascend to the heavens. I will set up my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of God's assembly in the remotest parts of the north. I will ascend above the highest clouds and I will make myself like the most high. That was what Satan wants. He wants to be above God. Lucifer wasn't happy with where God put him and what God gave him. He wanted the whole kingdom, he wanted everything. But in Isaiah uh, fourteen fifteen, but you will be brought down to Sheol, into the deepest regions of the pit. So this is something that I have to reflect on, and and it, it's important for us all to look in a mirror and just consider, to God, are we a sheep or are we a goat? And that's my message. Thank you. Oh, prayer. Thank you. <laughs> Our Father in heaven, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and I just... Thank you for this time of worship where we can come to worship you and where we can come to fellowship in your name. We praise your glorious name, and I lift up Pastor Frank and also the, the musicians who are coming up to uh, uh, present your word, and, and uh, we just ask that you would uh, bless the messages from, from all these people, and uh, that you would help us to be attentive and that you would help us to, uh, to learn from your word. We praise your glorious name above all names. In the name of Jesus, we ask these things. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If you've attended this church for any number of weeks, you know that we always have something different each week. And this week is no change there. Uh, So we're going to welcome Miss Joyce this morning. She's going to lead us in worship, and she's going to add a few special songs for us. So welcome Miss Joyce.
4: I got it. (laughs) I got it. Good morning. You can tell I have my iPad, I have my phone, and I have my hymnal. So we're ready because, you know, some of the places we go, I actually bring my own little stand, too. So um, so we're going to sing some praises to the Lord. We're going to sing some hymns, sorry. Uh, when it comes to downloading stuff, hymns are some of the best, unless I'm singing a special. So um, we got Morgan and Bob. We're going to be back there and just, uh, if y'all want to stand, stand. If you want to sit, sit. Let's just worship God this morning while we sing. Jesus is coming soon. Troublesome times are here Filling men's hearts with fear Freedom we all hold dear Now is at stake Humbling your hearts to God Saved from the chastening rod Seek the way pilgrims trod Christians awake Jesus is coming soon Morning or night Many will meet their doom. Trumpets will sound. All of the dead shall rise. Righteous meet in the skies, going where no one dies. Heavenward bound. Troubles will soon be or happy forevermore. When we meet on. Free from all care, rising up in the sky, telling this world goodbye. Homeward we then shall fly, glory to share. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will meet their doom. Trumpets will sound. All of the dead shall rise. Righteous meet in. Going where no one dies Heavenward bound Jesus is coming soon Morning or night or noon Many will meet God. I'm really glad I had my iPhone with the words because I can't see nothing that's back there. Okay. I think the next one's when we all get to heaven. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace in the when wind... have to tell y'all hey morgan put that we only have three seconds put that on hold a sec um there's three seconds between every song which is not a long time when you're out there when you're up here sometimes you're looking going three seconds really um some of these songs i mean we we forget to look because we're so used to singing these songs that we forget to look at the words of these songs are so incredible and everything that's going on in today's world is uh that's scary, but, you know, unless you're a Christian, you've read the back of the book. But, you know, and I hope you've all read the back of the book, and I hope you're all ready to go because, you know what, it could be any day. We used to say that when I was a little girl. We said it 20 years ago. It is that much closer now, let me tell you, because it is time for it to be anything. Anyway, so this one is um I love to tell the story. And think about this. Do you go out and tell the story? Do you go out and tell people about Jesus or, you know, I mean— I'm 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 very grateful at whenever I'm at work, even on my bad days, people will still come up to me and say, Can you pray about this? Yes. Thank you for knowing that I still pray even on my bad days <laughs> because Jesus is good. But do you tell the story and can people see the story in you? All right, Morgan, I'm ready. Well, Morgan's incredible, by the way, just to say that. Yay, Morgan. People say that they are trying to find the Lord, searching for something they can feel. Trying to figure out if Jesus was the Son of God, was the resurrection stage story. When I'm asked what I think, did Jesus live or die? I can stand and boldly tell them what I know and why. Well, you can go down to a manger in a town called Bethlehem Try to find the baby Jesus, but he won't be lying there Walk the Via Della Rosa to a hill called Calvary Look for the Lord, but you won't find him hanging on a tree You can not go down to a garden where you'll see a bar. Take a look inside, but all you'll find is just an empty room. Jesus died, but he's not dead, and he's coming one more time. He's alive, he's alive, he's alive. Many people share opinions about the life of Christ. Some believe that Jesus. He was just an ordinary man. Some will say that he was just a myth. Well, I don't care, just let the world stand back and criticize. Praise the Lord, the truth does not depend upon their lies. Well, you can go down to a man. Baby Jesus, but he won't be lying there. Walk the Via della Rosa to a hill called Calvary. Look for the Lord, but you won't find him hanging on a tree.
1: You can go down to a garden
4: where you'll see a borrowed tomb. Take a look inside, but all you'll find is just an empty room. Jesus died, but he's not dead, and he's coming one more. He's alive,
2: he's alive,
4: he's alive. Where well, you can go down to a manger in a town called Bethlehem. Try to find the baby Jesus, but he won't be lying there. Walk the Via Della Rosa to a hill called Calvary. Look for the Lord, but you won't find him hanging. You can go down to a garden where you'll see a borrowed tomb. Take a look inside, but all you find is just an empty room. Jesus died, but he's not dead, and he's coming one more time. He's alive, he's alive, he's alive. Jesus died, but he's not dead, and he's coming one more time. He's alive, he's alive, he's alive. He's
1: alive, he's alive, he's
4: alive. Amen. God bless y'all. And in case you're, Mark is in Oklahoma. Everybody wants to know, if if you didn't ask, Mark is in Oklahoma. He's fine. He's just doing work for a kid. Our kid. (laughs) Not just a kid, our kid. This one's new, so pray anyway. Don't stop praying. We pray for blessings. We pray for peace. Comfort for family. Protection We pray your mighty hand to ease our suffering and all. Betrayer God bless y'all. So for those of you wondering, yes, I still cry when I sing. Not that any of y'all are wondering. Nothing changed. Abraham prayed for the day God would give him a son. Blessed are Then came the day Who would have dreamed That God would say You gotta give him back to me And on this mountain You must prove That it's you and Isaac Or it's me and you With a broken heart with the In him, God wanted me, and on this altar where he lay justified, it wasn't him. God wanted me. Praise God.
2: It's kind of hard to get up and follow that. Amen. All right. Yes, ma'am, Miss Wellman. I think we all did. Now you have to listen to me, Miss Wellman. I'm sorry. (laughs) Now, if you don't get up and say, That was so good. (laughs) Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to look at probably one of the second or third most quoted scriptures that I think is known. You see it on so many bumper stickers and things of this nature. And uh, if you were here Thursday night, I barbecued chicken for the dinner Thursday night, and the message I brought was on chickens. And the same thing kind of came to mind as I was going through the same, through for today. Uh, there's a choice that has to be made. John asked you whether you were sheep or goats, and I'm going to ask you, are you chickens or eagles, I guess. You know, we're going to leave out of here some type of animal before it's all over with. But I want us to look at that passage of Scripture, but as we do so, I wanted to start off this morning talking about a movie. that uh, a very It's a fairly old movie, Chariots of Fire. Many of you may have seen it, but I doubt if any of the younger people have seen it or probably even... Remember the movie. So I want to kind of grab the thought pattern behind the movie real quick, and what the movie was about. For those that, at least those that don't know the movie, the movie was about two runners. There was a competition between two incredible runners, Harold Ab- Ab- Abraham and Eric Lytle, and these two men were were considered to be one the the best runners in the world of the day. And the film is is moving towards the inevitable clash between these two guys in the in the prestigious 100-meter final of the 1924 Olympics. And the movie is talking about how these two runners and how great they were, and this Olympics was coming up, and these two men were going to run against each other. However, that contest never took place because Eric Lytle was, was fully committed to his Christian beliefs, and he was fully fu- committed... To what he felt as though there were the Ten Commandments, including the fourth one to keep the Sabbath day holy. One of the qualifying heats for the hundred meter run was on Sunday, and he said, "I don't run on Sundays." And and that people were saying, "But but this is the Olympics. This is this is you you have to do this." And he refused to run on a Sunday, and he had to withdraw from the hundred meter run. Now the the Lytle was considered probably the fastest man alive at the time, and he was the favorite to win for Britain. Everybody knew that he would take it out. The press and even the Prince of Wales went to him and tried to get him and persuade him into running in that heat. They said, it's just a qualifying heat. Run this one heat on Sunday so you can run in the Olympics. But instead, that Sunday morning, he went to the Scottish Presbyterian Church there in Paris. He chose to go to church rather than run that heat. The text of the scripture that he read there that day in the the Scottish Presbyterian Church there in Paris was Isaiah chapter 40. But those who hope in the Lord will run and not grow weary. That was the passage of scripture that God spoke to him that day. Now, we could stop right there and that story be incredible. But it goes on. One of the other British athletes had to pull out of the 400-meter run. And Lytle was able to, to go in and, and take his place, even though he had never ran a 400-meter race. Now, I don't know how many runners we have in here or if anybody's ever done much running. There's Running is all about pacing. And pacing is completely different when you know you're going to run a 100-meter race as opposed to a 400-meter race. This was totally outside of his realm. But God honored Lytle for his stand on that Sabbath. And Lytle was able to get into the 400 meter final. He made it to the last ones, and although he was not a favorite at all, he won the race. He won that. He ran that 400 meter race at a hundred meter pace. Now, I don't know if you understand exactly what that means. When you run and you only know that you have 100 meters to run, you know how much energy your body has to expend, and you time it so that you expend every amount of your energy to win that 100 meters. Well, you would think, you would extrapolate from that, that at 400 meters, you need to slow down a little bit so that you can expend every bit of your energy over 400. The experts at the time they, that said that he ran his first 100 meters of this way too fast, that he would tire out. There was no way he was going to finish this race. There was no way he was going to be able to continue in this 400-meter run. But Lytle did not tire, and he ran the entire race. He did not grow weary. He ran the entire 400 meters at a 100-meter pace and set a new world record while doing so. And he did that, and one of the commentators at the time said that, that, that he couldn't tell where in the world he was getting his strength to be able to continue to keep going at a 100-meter pace. But Lytle knew where he got his strength. For those who wait upon the Lord shall not grow weary, but have their strength. I want us to look at that final verse this morning that he looked at that Sunday in that Scottish Presbyterian church. Praise God. It doesn't matter what the denomination is. The word is the word. Amen? And that passage of Scripture that we see in so many, we see it on inspirational posters. We see it on bumper stickers. And like I said, I think many people quote the verse. But let us look at it again this morning. I think that is something there that we tend to forget sometimes. But it says this, in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength and they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk, and they will not faint. Now, I know I've preached on this passage of Scripture before at some point. I, I don't remember what it was said. I just remember because I know that Caleb, my oldest son, 28 and four kids of his own now, was still at home, and one day he said to me that that, that was his favorite verse. So it's been a long time. But it doesn't change the potency of what was being said here. God shared that with you and I, to make sure that we understand where our strength comes from. It says, those who wait upon the Lord. That's a big deal there, guys. And I'm afraid that we're having trouble doing that anymore. If you're anything like me anyway, I I know I don't like to wait. If I know there's something that, that needs to be done, I'd rather just get it done. In fact, I've been accused of going too fast. I want people that are slow need to get out of the way and let me get this done. That's just my mindset. I like If there's a job to do, Whatever it may be, let's hit it. Let's get it done. But the paradox of the, of the Christian life is that by waiting, we actually succeed. God will, 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 will give us strength when we wait upon him, when we rely upon him. Folks, so many times we want to get it done so quickly and we want to get it over with and get beyond it that we'll take the, the decisions and the, and the actions into our own hands rather than waiting upon the Lord. Even as I was preparing the message for today, and I was praying all week, God, what would you have me to preach about? It wasn't until Thursday that the Lord gave me something to say. Now, I could have just put together some five points in a closed-type sermon somewhere, some like some people do. I've never done that. Every week, I trust on the Lord. And I'll be honest with you, if by Thursday I don't have an idea what I'm going to preach on, I'm starting to sweat just a little bit. I know a lot of people say, well, you just get up there on Sunday and speak. No, I actually have to study and stuff and pray. And and as I was putting these things together, and and finally Thursday evening, it came to me what I was going to pray about. And praise God, Friday morning, uh, it it was solidified. I was like, okay, it's God, when we wait upon him, that will give us the strength to carry out the actions that he would have us to do. He says that he will give us strength and direction to continue. When? When I wait upon the Lord. We are tempted to give in sometimes, I think. We are tempted to just throw in the towel and say, I quit. We're tempted just to our political system this year. We were talking before service, a couple of us. There's times you want to just say, I just want to check out on all this stuff. There's things in our lives that, that, that we just feel like something's got to give here. I'm going to go ahead and kick in that door. But what did he say? Wait upon the Lord. That means following his directives. Even if it was Mr. Lytle, I, want to, I know he, he wanted to run so bad but Sunday on that Sunday, but God's directive was keep the Sabbath day holy unto God. And he chose to wait on the Lord, and God gave him a world record that could never be touched, at least at that time. Folks, we need to understand that to wait upon the Lord is what brings our strength. I Thursday, God gave me this message, and he kind of solidified this is where I was supposed to be Friday morning. I go into the gym, and I'm working out in the gym. There's this young guy, this little guy that always, I shouldn't say little guy, this guy that likes to come up, and he always, okay, how do I, I, my form must be wrong. I'm trying to grow here. And he always asks me how to help him with this set of weights, or he wants to build his triceps. What's over here? And sometimes I just want to say, dude, I'm in the middle of my workout. Go away. But but he's a nice kid. He's not a kid. He's like 31 years old. But still, he he's always just coming around. Well, Friday he came around, and I'm like, okay, here we go. What does he need now? But you know what? He opened his heart to me and he started sharing with me about, he, he goes to the uh, Hillcrest Assembly of God there in Seguin. And, and he was sharing his heart with me. He said, you know, Frank, I'm 31 years old. Uh, I work nights. I get off of work. I come into the gym. I work out here. I get, eat a little dinner. I go home. I really don't have a social life. I, uh, I, I'm i always either at work at the gym or I make sure to go to church on Wednesday nights and Sundays. And and that's the, that's my life. And I'm 31 and I'm I'm getting lonely," he said. "I'm I'm not married and I talk to the girl. I go to church and the girls are either too young or too old. And the ones that are my age says you're a sweet friend, but I don't like you that way. Now this we chuckle here, but his heart was broke. And you know what he shared with me? He said, "Frank, I got friends at work that want me to go to these places. He named them (laughs) off. I won't name them, but they want me to go here and they want me to go there. And I'm thinking I'm just tired of being lonely, and I'm thinking maybe that's what I need to do." And I explained to him, you know, the girls that you're looking, you want to spouse for life, that's probably not the place to find them. And just because you haven't found that one in church yet, I understand So society says that at 31 you should be married and have 2.2 kids and all that other stuff. But it's God whom you have to wait upon. For if you wait upon the Lord... He will give you the strength to endure your loneliness to the one that he has specified for you will set that world record. You and she alike will have that relationship that will last forever. And it just drove home to me the message I had been thinking about the night before. He was ready and willing to kick open the doors to do whatever it took to start finding someone that would... would, He he hated the fact that, oh, you're just a friend. He said, I'm so sick of hearing you're just a friend. But you know what? He has friends, and they're godly friends. And as long as he waits upon the Lord, it's God who's going to bring that perfect girl into his life eventually. Now, we can look at his life and say, oh, that poor guy, or yeah, he needs to do this. But how many times do we do the same thing? It may not be about a relationship, but it's about a job opportunity or it's about a financial opportunity or it's about that new car you want or that new boat you want or, God, my, my truck's always broke down. You know I use it for work. I'm just going to go ahead and go buy it anyway, though I know I shouldn't on this, rather than wait upon the Lord. Folks, the Scripture here is very clear. When we wait upon the Lord, it's then that he brings that strength. Notice what he says. But those who trust in the Lord, wait upon the Lord, will renew their strength and they will soar on wings like eagles. When we wait upon the Lord, when we look unto the Lord, it's then that our strength gets renewed. It doesn't happen by kicking the door open. It doesn't happen like by this young man trying to to force a relationship. It doesn't happen by us taking on a financial responsibility that God did not desire for us to have. It's when we wait upon him and seek direction from him that we will soar like on wings of an eagle. Now, I'm sure many of us have seen the bumper sticker. This is what came to my mind Thursday night. Do, Do you want to fly with the eagles or scratch around with the chickens? We have to make a decision about that. Do we really want to soar with the eagles? And, and be able to do what the eagles do? I've I, I raised chickens, and I bet many in here probably have raised chickens, and I can guarantee you what the chickens play in and eat, you don't want to. It is nasty what chickens eat and how they act. Sometimes I wonder how I like to eat them so much, but hey, I still do. It didn't go over well Thursday, but I'm going to share it again. I heard a joke, you know, you know what a pastor's belt is? A leather fence around a chicken graveyard. But anyway. (laughs) Well, your son will explain it after a while. (laughs) In all seriousness, guys, we have to make a decision. Do we want to just claw around on the ground and peck in the nasty stuff? Or do we want to soar like eagles? As Christians, we have the right to... To, as children of God, to soar as eagles. Why? Because our source of strength doesn't come from ourselves. It doesn't come from this earth. It doesn't come from the things of this earth. Our source of strength, when we wait upon the Lord, is renewed by God himself. Isaiah 40 says that we need to wait upon the Lord because it, it's then that we get that strength renewed and we can fly. It is God who renews it. It's God who gives it to us. And we can be as an eagle. Now, an eagle is a majestic bird, guys, it is, is deemed as a majestic bird all around the world. It was a symbol of power and majesty. It was the standard of the Roman legions as they, they went forth across the lands. The eagle is the, was a symbol on the coat of arms of all the kaisers, the, the Austrian emperors and the German czars. It was on the old guard of Napoleon's army. Interestingly, it's still on the Anglican uh, uh, angelican churches on their, on their, on their pulpits. Because it symbolize the power of God and the mightiness of His word. When we think of the United States, the first two things that come to my mind is the stars and stripes, and then that eagle that that not, an eagle that's got that that look and those talons are exposed, and he's a force of, it, of power and an entity of of of, of 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 majesty. People see it and they just say, "Wow." That's what we should want to be. We should, be want, we should want to be respected, not because of who we are, but because of who Christ is within us. We want to fly above the problems and the issues and the things that are going on. You know, a, a life of an eagle is a, a magnificent thing. It is a sight to see eagles when they're soaring. When I was hunting up in Ontario several years back, that was the most... What, bald eagles I've ever seen. And they they get in these clusters and they're so high and they're so mighty and just watching them was was awe-inspiring. But it's very interesting, the life of an eagle. Do you know how an eagle starts out? An eagle makes its nest. It comes in and and, and becoming an eagle just doesn't happen overnight. An eagle has to learn to fly. It has to, to learn to be able to look so majestic. And the way it does it, mom comes in and she builds this this nest, and it's built out of briars and, and thorns, and it's sticky and prickly and painful. But then she lines it with animal skins to stop the thorns and the briars from hurting the, the newly hatched eaglets. Now, these newly hatched eaglets, they got life going on. They get to sit in their, their nice fur lined nest, and mom brings them food, and they get to hang out and get fat, and everything's good until one day mom decides it's time to fly. Well, now the eaglets—they're not too keen on this idea. They don't like the idea at all, actually. So they, they just kind of back down into their nest. Well, so, you know what mom does? Mom removes the skins. Now it starts to get of their trials, kind of like the song that Miss, Miss, Miss Joyce just sang. Things start sticking them. There's things that it just isn't comfortable anymore. And, and they're thinking, this hurts. But they, but in reality, we know it's getting them out of the nest. It's getting them up where they need to be. And, and they get all rushed up in there. And National Geographic says that they climb on their mother's back. And their moms climb then. The moms fly up 1,000 feet, 2,000 feet. And according to National Geographic, at about 5,000 feet, Mama Eagle is flying around. And you know what she does? She dumps him off at 5,000 feet. Now, if you're an eaglet, that probably doesn't look too nice. You're falling. And and, and your heart is racing. And things, if you're an eaglet, the, the ground's getting closer and closer. And, and, and <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up, but Annabelle and I went riding bicycles yesterday, and she kind of flapped when she wrecked last night. <laughs> Where's she at? She said, Love you. <laughs> we joke about it now. At the time, it was kind of scary. I was following her along. And, Anyway, that poor little eaglet is flapping his wings, but he's not getting anywhere. The ground's getting closer. His heart is racing. He's scared. He doesn't know what to do. But you know what mom does? The mama eagle, just before that eaglet hits the ground, swoops down, catches that eaglet, catches her and carries him out of what he was gotten into and flies him back up. And he's coasting on his mama's wings. So his mama's carrying that eaglet back up to wherever the thousands of feet need to be. And then she does it again. But in each time she does that, she catches him. And each time, he gets a little bit stronger and a little bit better and a little bit quicker. And before you know it, when she drops him, he's flying. He's going where he needs to go. Folks, it's the same thing with us in our Christian life. If we will wait upon the Lord, it is He who will give us the strength so that we can soar on the as on wings of eagles. He may drop us. It seems like He's dropped us. And we may be saying, where are you at, Lord? The ground is getting close. I don't have any way to turn. I don't know where I'm going to be. But if we will just keep trying and keep focusing on what He has told us to do, keep taking one step after the other in the spirituality that God has laid out for us. We continue to look to his word and pray and say, God, it, I am praying, what direction would you have me to have? The more we cry out unto him, the more we pray unto him, the more we'll rely upon him. And then before you hit, you know what happens? He flies under and picks us right back up. And little by little, we get spiritually stronger and stronger. Before you know it, spiritually, we are soaring as if on eagles' wings. I'm not saying that there's not going to be things that happen in your life. I'm not saying that that all of a sudden Christianity becomes peaches and cream. No. There are things that's going to happen in our life. And as Joy said, we've read the end of the Bible. Jesus said, expect these. Don't don't think that everything's going to be cushy and, and plush. As I've been persecuted, so shall you be persecuted and more so. There are going to be hard things, but the great thing is the more I learn to trust in him, the more I learn to pray to my Lord, the more I interact with him and grow that relationship with Christ, the stronger I'm going to be spiritually, and the more I'll be able to soar over the ugliness of this world, not because of who Frank is, but because of he who lives within Frank. I have learned to soar as if on the wings of eagles doesn't mean I can actually go outside and jump off the roof and fly. It means that when the world throws its ugliness at me, my spirituality through Christ can take me above it. There may be consequences. There may be some circumstances that come on there. But when I understand that when I first became a Christian and God had me in his hands and he gave me his word and I started studying... I was a young Christian, but Paul says we are to grow up. And the more I grow and the more I strengthen and the more I get in a relationship with Christ, the more I realize the more I've been in his hands the entire time. Though it felt like I was falling, and though it may look like the earth was coming up quickly, the more I realize he's right there to swoop in and pick me up. Folks, prayer for the Christian is that strength. He's given us that gift of prayer to be able to go to him as if on eagle's wings, to be encouraged. God trains us and disciplines us, and it does it through his word and through prayer. I can read his word and, and, and say, God, I don't quite understand this. It means going to him. We talked about this Sunday school a while ago. We must have that quiet time. We need to get alone with God. I say daily, several times a day if you can. But we need to get alone with God, for it's then that we learn how to fly. It's then that I can wait upon the Lord. Stormy brought up in Sunday school this morning that we don't just speak. We should stop and listen. Waiting upon the Lord means not just giving him a grocery list of our prayers. It doesn't mean just saying, thank you for this, thank you for that. Now give me this, give me that. It means, God, here's the world. I'm falling. Tell me what you want me to do. How do you want me to fall? How do you want me to fly? Show me the the, the error. Show me how I can... uh, Correct my flight pattern here. Show me how I can soar as if on the wings of eagles. Jesus even went and prayed. Mark says in chapter 1, he said very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up and it says that he left his house and went off to a solitary place and there he prayed. If If Jesus felt it important to get up, and go and do, then how much more should we? Martin Luther wrote that that when the days that he knew that he was going to be busy, he got up two hours early at 4 a.m. to make sure he got the most important part of the day done, which was communication with his heavenly Father. Folks, I would submit to you this morning to wait upon the Lord doesn't mean going and kicking doors open, doesn't mean that, okay, I got a check mark. I read three passages of Scripture today, Waiting upon the Lord means on a daily basis taking to Him our heart's concerns and our heart's blessings and our heart's praises and then listening for the return speaking of the Lord. And in that return speak and in that conversation back and forth through prayer, our relationship is going to grow to such a point that when I feel like I'm falling, not only do I know He'll be there to catch me if He needs to, but I bet you I can fly on my own through the the power that Christ has given me. When I say fly on my own, I don't mean taking credit of my own. That I can fly through the spiritual power that Christ has given me above what the world has out there. What I'm trying to say this morning, guys, is that we have to, to stop and make a decision. We have to decide, am I going to just stay on the ground and scratch around and, and play around in the mess that the world has to offer? Or am I spiritually going to wait upon the Lord, cry out unto him, Am I going to go to that prayer time every day? Am I going to go to Bible study regularly? Am I going to truly learn to strengthen my spiritual wings so that I can fly and soar like the eagles? Or am I going to be satisfied scratching around the ground and make these little short hops here and there? Paul said in Colossians, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. That's what we should do. As Christians... It's not about just coming on a Sunday morning and getting our our check mark, oh, okay, I, I went to church. It means daily going to the Lord and waiting upon Him through prayer and God's timing. That's the other thing, guys. It's not for us to kick open the door. Wait upon the Lord. Too many Christians today, like the young man that I spoke with Friday morning at the gym, I think too many Christians today Get tired of waiting on that mate. Society and TV and Hollywood and all this stuff is saying that you should have already, uh, uh, there's kids, but you should have already done everything you should have done prior to of age even. And you should be married by this specific time. And you should have kids by this specific time. And all of a sudden you've got people that's jumping into relationships that God did not ordain at all. And we see the society paying for that. We are to wait upon the Lord, pray, wait on His timing. Through prayer and God's timing, we can soar through the adversities of life, as an eagle soars through the currents of the air above us. And we can do so with a smile, not because we like the consequence, of, because we like the the situations that may be around us, but because I know that He who is bigger is in my life, bigger and better than the consequence. Regardless of what may be transpiring around me, I can soar like an eagle because I choose to wait upon Christ. The question is: Are you soaring right now through life, whatever it may be? Maybe it's relational. Maybe it's financial. Maybe may, whatever the situation may be, are you soaring like an eagle, or do you realize, you know, I'm just scratching around here in the nasty like chickens? The eagle looks majestic. The chicken usually does not. I never heard of anyone really eating eagles. Chickens get eaten quite regularly. An eagle will soar and fly and do incredible feats that seem to be beyond a bodily function, beyond what he should be able to do. A chicken just sits and squawks wanting you to feed it. Where are you this morning, guys? Are you just trying to get through with what the world has to offer you? Or are you trying to get through with what God has to offer you? That's the question you have to ask yourself. John told you to ask whether you were sheep or goats. Do you want to climb higher than God? Or do you want to hear his voice? I'm going to ask you, Once you've made that decision, you want to hear his voice. Are you waiting upon him to hear his voice so that you may soar like an eagle? Or would you rather just claw around in what you already have and not grow any stronger? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're at the bottom of the chicken pen. And you can climb out. All you have to do, Jesus says, believe in me, and confess with your mouth that I am the Son of God and I was resurrected on the third day and so shall you be saved. The question becomes, do you believe that or not? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He's reaching out to you today. He's asking you. He's, He's pleading with you. He said that I desire that none should perish. No, not one. And if you choose to turn your back on him, it's not he that's not allowing you into heaven. It's your own choice that's keeping you out. And you can change that and make a decision today to accept him as your Lord. If you do know him as your Lord and Savior, then I would also ask this. Are you soaring like an eagle? Or are you just barely surviving? There's a difference between living and existing. And it doesn't have to do with your bank account. It has to do with that spiritual joy. There are folks that have hardly a penny to their name, but they have the joy of Christ, and they got a smile on their face. And there are those that have got bank accounts beyond galore and are beaten down and contemplating suicide because they don't know Christ. Are you choosing to be beaten down as that chicken? Or are you choosing to soar with the eagles? That's a decision only you can make. But you can turn to the Lord and He'll help you through it. He'll help you make that choice. He'll help you make that decision before it's too late. Let's all stand together this morning. I want to lead us in a word of prayer. If God is speaking to you today, This altar will be open. You can come down to this altar right where you're at. You can pray right where you're at in the congregation. I'd love to pray with you. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's first and foremost. Whomsoever believeth in me shall not perish, but have everlasting life. A verse that's quoted quite often, yet it is not a cliche, it is true. He gave us that opportunity. He gave us that promise so that all may be saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that is a decision that you have the capability of making right now. And you may say, well, I've sang in church. I've been in church my whole life. I'm 80 years old and never, never remember a day I wasn't in church. That doesn't get you into heaven. Don't worry and think about what other people will say. God will deal with them. You do what you know you need to do today. If you do know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and it's really easy to get caught up in the turmoils of the world. It's really easy to get caught up in all the the angst of the world. It's really easy, as my young friend this week pointed out, to get caught up and be lonely in a world that that God said we're just passing through. It's then that we need to cling to the the coattails of the Lord to let that healing come through as if that issue of blood. It's then that God's grace will manifest itself in our lives. If you're here this morning, I want to ask you to wait upon the Lord. Trust Him. Commit to Him today. Lord, I was about to kick that door open, but I want to soar on the winds as if on the wings of eagles. I want you to renew my strength. I want to run and not grow weary. I want to go where you'd have me to go. Make that commitment to Christ and then wait upon him and great things are in store for your life. And when I say great things, I'm not saying as the world says them. I'm saying the peace of Christ is greater than anything this world can offer. The world's a scary place. Jesus said so himself. But he said, do not be afraid for I have victory over the world. Where are you this morning? Where are you? I want to lead us in a word of prayer. And if God's telling you, come to this altar, come to this altar, he's telling you, pray where you're at, pray where you're at. If he's telling you to sing, then praise God, sing. Make a merry sound unto you, uh, to the Lord. But If he's saying, humble yourself before him and get on your knees and pray, then please, humble yourself and get on your knees and pray. Do what the Lord leads today. It's not about an agenda. church has no agenda. It's God's house. Do whatever the Lord's calling you to do as we pray. Father God, I just come before you right now and just ask in the name of Jesus Christ that you will just reach down and touch your people. And may we be able to leave this place today with the acknowledgement that you are God, Lord of lords, King of kings. God, I I thank you for everyone that's here today. I thank you that I can feel your spirit and your witness here amongst your people. But I also know there may be those here today that are struggling and, 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 and tripping over things that the world's thrown in front of them. Let them see that you'll fly down and catch them and pick them up, Father. Let them feel your grace, feel your peace, feel your power. God, I pray that everyone here this day will do your will. And may your name be lifted up and glorified, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we sing this morning, if God's speaking to you, will you follow through? Will you listen to what he has to say? Thank God you're here. Praise God for for the willingness to come. But will you follow through and trust in him today?